Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So if you've listened to Under the Radar for any amount of time, uh, you probably know that at the end of the episode, very often, the last like 30 seconds of the episode is us trying to summarize the last 30 minutes of the episode um, in kind of a concise way to kind of bring it all together uh, in, in, a, in a neat bow. And I was thinking about those recently, and I think 99% of them will boil down to the phrase, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful about whatever it is that we're, we're discussing, that, that fundamentally, like, the, the theme of Under the Radar is about being thoughtful about the things that you do. And I think being thoughtful um, has two aspects to it. And it's usually re- around making a decision. And it's like either you're going into a new decision, be thoughtful, be intentional, make you know, sort of logical choices. And I think on the other side of being thoughtful is when you make a decision, is looking back at it and understanding why you made that decision and what was good about it, what was not so good, and being able to kind of use that to improve yourself and your development and your business and all these things over time. And the sort of the theme of today's episode is essentially an opportunity that I've recently had to be thoughtful and introspective, um, looking back at a decision that I that I made and sort of trying to understand why it took so long for me to make that decision. Um, and sort of I'll get into the details of it later, but essentially the decision was for the f- sort of branching out and not being by myself in my development. I recently uh, hired Stephen Hackett to work for sort of for me and with me to. Um, help improve my business. And this is something that in many ways was a very long time coming. I've been an independent developer for, uh, oh gosh, 17 years, something like that. A a very long time. I've been doing this largely by myself. And certainly in terms of the um, the actual, like the crux part of the business, like I've had help with various jobs and various parts of it, but it's, you know, sort of Stephen is the first time I'm really kind of getting into a different chapter and a different look at that. And I think, you know, there are two aspects of that, that I think looking back at this decision that I think were holding me back and making it so that it was difficult. And I think those are the actually interesting parts to talk about here. Um, you know, if you want a, a, a discussion about the importance of potentially hiring someone and the roles that this is useful for, we did an episode a couple of ago about roles, which was sort of part of this process for me when I was thinking through like, what roles would I want to hire someone for? But I think more fundamentally, what I've learned from this experience when I'm thoughtful and introspective is there were two things that were getting in my way. And, and one of them is like, it's, it's not quite a logical fallacy, but it's sort of in that vein where I was realizing that the, I was conflating and combining two different ideas um, into one idea. And one of those ideas was vitally important to me. It was vitally important to kind of who I was as a person, who I kind of think of myself from an identity perspective. And the other one, turns out, was actually not that important. And by combining those two things together, I was causing sort of trouble for myself in the long term. And specifically what this is mean is like I very deeply value and consider myself an indie developer. Like indie is sort of what I think of who, like that's my job. I'm an indie developer and that is a big part of my identity. That is kind of who I am and I'm very proud of that. And I think that's, you know, the whole, this whole show is about us talking about, you know, independent app development. Yeah, it's right there in the intro. That, that is what we do. And that's been very important to me. And I think for a long time, I value, and that, that is something that I think will continue for a, a very long time. I think that is something very core to who I am and the way that I work and the kind of work that I want to do. And I think for a long time, I, was re- I didn't realize that there were two aspects to that that I was combining together in my head. And the first aspect is kind of independent as in free, as in like I have control and the ability to choose my path. I can look at this and decide this is an opportunity I want to do and I can go forward and do that. Or if I can see an opportunity and say, no, that doesn't really align with my values, with the way that I want to work, with whatever that is. Like I can choose which side of that 
the, the, which kind of which path I'm going to go down as a business. And I have independence in my ability to choose that. And that was something that I think is vitally important to me. That is the thing fundamentally that like being an indie developer, I think is the most awesome part of this job. Like there are some terrible parts of this job, but that the most awesome, awesomest part of it is being able to have that choice, is being able to not have someone tell you what you need to do or to put you in circumstances where you have to sort of compromise yourself or your choices because of you're in an environment that you don't have that choice. You don't have that freedom. And like that version of independence is something that I think is very valuable. But the, the sort of the trap and the thing that I found myself uh, being stuck in is I also thought of independence as being alone, that sort of that sense of independent from other things, like rather than having dependence on, on other people or other things and having the sense of independent as in like I'm so sort of just standing on my own. And that is an aspect of independence, certainly, that being you have more freedom to make your choices um, in, the, you know, in, in the first part of that if I am just by myself because my choices have you know, fewer impacts on other people or on other things. They're impacting me and my family, but they're not impacting other people. So I have slightly more freedom. But I think I was conflating those two things together and saying that in order to be an indie developer, in order to be truly independent, I needed to be alone. I needed to not have other people who were sort of integrated into this process. And I think combining those two things together, when one of them was so vital to me, meant that for a very long time, I never even really honestly was considering whether or not I I could not be alone, whether I could have help, whether I could have people working with me and for me, because I was like, if, if if I do that, then I'm losing my identity. I'm losing who I am, and that would be problematic. And I think... The sort of the thing that when I've been retrospective and thoughtful about this was understanding that those are two separate things, that they are they're interrelated, certainly, but they are separate. And I could say no to, you know, being alone and still be saying yes to the actual part that really valued to me, because being alone was not that was not what I you know signed up for. I'm not I, I didn't value the being alone part. I just thought it was it was a vital, essential part. And I think something that I've sort of the broader lesson there, I think, for me has been whenever I find myself in a place that there is something that I'm holding valuable that is sort of changing and guiding my decisions. It's like, make sure that I've boiled that down to the truly essential, vital part of that and not just think that it's part of this bigger, broader thing. And it's like, oh, well, this part of it is inextricably linked to the rest. And so I can't get rid of that part. It's like, that was the the lesson that I've had to learn recently about this was it's like, no, make sure that you're reading really thoughtful, like what actually matters. Don't just assume that everything that goes together because it has gone together in the past has to, and will necessarily continue to go to go together. So that was the first big lesson um, that, that, that sort of that I've learned in here. And I think the second part of it that I think is also just has been just as helpful um, and is certainly related is the sense that accepting help um, is not a sign of weakness or failing. And I think this applies just generally in life. Um, these are that, that is just a life lesson that I think we all need to learn that um, be accept, you know, accepting help in any area of your life is not a this doesn't mean that you've you know, sort of failed on your own and that it, as a result, you are now like less of a whatever, less of a developer, less of a businessman, less of a developer, you know, whatever that is. It is not a sign of failing. It is in some ways a, a reflection on your maturity and your understanding that in order to be the best version of whatever it is, you can benefit from other people's experience. Like there is something just being humble about that and saying, you know, I, as good as I am at some of the parts of what I do, there are people in the world who are better at them than I am. And my benefiting from their 
uh, expertise, their knowledge, their experience, um, doesn't mean that I've sort of failed in some way. Instead, it's just a reflection of if my ultimate goal is to do the best work that I can, to make the best apps, to have the strongest business, whatever that sort of definition of best is going to be, that is almost certainly going to come as part of expanding the skill set and expertise and experience uh, that is driving towards that. And I think something that I was noticing for myself when I look back at why it took so long for me to try and bring someone in to help me with parts of the business that I don't like doing or aren't very strong at. And like in our roles discussion, it was one of the things that I wrote down my list of the like 64 things that I do and how some of them I was terrible at, but I didn't get help to do them. And I think in part of it, I had in the back of my mind that like, oh, no, you can learn to do that job. You can learn to do this thing. And you should, because if you do, then you'll be better rather than saying it's like, no, get help. Like have someone else who's an expert or good and different than you in ways that will allow you to be better um, and the business to be better. And that that's not a failing. That is just an opportunity for you to grow. Um, and so those are the two areas recently that I've just really sort of thinking about where it's that sense of it's like making sure that I'm really focused in on what actually matters to me, what is actually the thing that I care about and making sure I'm not attacking on other parts to it. And then secondarily is the understanding of the importance of saying that like taking getting help is better and is good rather than being somehow a failing or a problem um, in, sort of in me or something that I should you know sort of try and resist uh, as much as I could. Yeah, I think it, it shows quite how powerful the cultural baggage of indie meaning that you are alone yeah it shows how strong that is that it took you in particular so long to break free of that because normally if, if you'll permit me to funnel over you for a minute one of the greatest things that, that i get from knowing you and from talking with you is that you are relentlessly analytical and challenging of assumptions in ways that a lot of people do not or are, are afraid to or wouldn't think of. And many times throughout the course of being your friend and doing this show, you've said something or you've asked a question or you've, you've challenged something that has like broken my mind wide open on some issue that I was, I was just not seeing you know, objectively or was not considering a certain perspective on or was not considering a certain option for. So this is something that I consider one of your greatest strengths is, is that you are able to be very pragmatic and, and look at things and, and ask those questions and, and analyze and, and kind of you know think about or even try things that, that a lot of us kind of get stuck in ruts in and don't try. And so to have the idea of hiring help for something, to have that have even escaped you for this long really shows how powerful that is in like developer culture especially like around you know like this kind of like apple indie developer culture that we live in that is such a strong thing and i'm very first of all happy for you that you've found a way to break through that because i think most of us can't i know i certainly have always had trouble with that uh, i have only very rarely hired out certain roles like answering support tickets or something and i i usually eventually back away from it and take it on myself. And I also would often feel like this thing that I'm bad at, you know, say, you know, making app store screenshots or, you know, making marketing efforts or things like that, like these things that I'm bad at, I often would just tell myself, just like you were saying, I should just get better at that. Like, this is something I need to do for my business and and I am bad at it and I should feel bad about that and I should I should somehow, you know, get better at that and, and be a different kind of person than I am. Yeah. Uh, but I think the... It, one thing to keep in mind is that like there's no medal there's no award for having done everything yourself no one cares no one's going to commend you for that <laughs> and there's no indie police out there who are going to say hey 
you said you were indie. Why are you hiring this rollout? You know, that there, there is the, like, there's no gain to be had by forcing yourself into a limitation like this. No one else cares but you. So to some degree, you have to ask, like, when you consider yourself indie as part of your identity or part of how you kind of sell yourself to the world, who are you performing that for? And to what degree do you need to be some kind of purist or idealist in those definitions? And if it's not serving you or your business as well as it could by imposing a certain restriction or by keeping this a certain way, who who's it for then? Who What are you doing it for? Like, it, there's no award for, for doing it a certain way. So – and getting back to the you know what indie even means, I think indie is is kind of a a spectrum. There's like pure indie in the sense that you literally one person does literally everything themselves. Maybe there's a question of like where the money comes from. Like, are you corporate funded? Are you VC funded? Like, you can do all those things yourself. It's less likely, but you can do all those things yourself. But like, there there's a question of like what indie means. But there's a lot of flex in that definition. You know, you can look at some somebody like, you know, us. I think we're pretty clearly still indie. Amazon, well, they're pretty clearly not indie. There's a whole bunch in the middle. There's a lot of companies that have like, you know, maybe no external funding, maybe no corporate owner, but maybe they have like three or four employees. You know, is is that an indie development shop? Maybe, kind of, depends on who you ask. Um, but then to some degree, what does it matter? <laughs> you know, it, suppose sure. two people are working on something, but they get VC funding. Is that indie? Maybe. Like, it, it's a question mark. And and yeah. it, people have different definitions of what that means. But again, like, I, I think it is it is very valuable for us as developers to be able to not get too caught up in the identity politics of what kind of developer you are. For instance, like, you know, we say we're indie iOS developers. What if there's a really good reason for us to make an Android app sometime? Should we never do that because part of our identity is we're iOS developers? No, you should do what's right for you and your business and your apps. That's going to require different things for different apps at different times, and that might change over time. So the less you can get tied up in this is what I am, this is only what I do, uh, you know, the less you can get tied up in that, the better for you and your business uh, in lots of ways in life, <laughs> as you mentioned. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not going to be the psychology podcast uh, this episode, <laughs> but, you know, just in general for your business. Uh, it's very, very beneficial for you to not not get too tied up in trying to perform a certain identity for nobody except yourself. We are brought to you this episode by Sentry. As a developer, you want to solve crashes and performance issues fast before they affect your customers, not when someone emails you to complain something hasn't been working right for days. So to do that, you need the right tools on your side. Sentry gives you everything you need for mobile crash reporting and app monitoring so you can resolve issues faster. Sentry helps you investigate crashes by device type, OS, and release with actionable real-time insights, including breadcrumbs, screenshots, stack traces, and even suspect commits. It is a great service. So if you want your app to be consistently rated five stars, Sentry can help. Because by identifying and solving mobile application performance issues like long app start times, janky frame rendering, slow HTTP requests, all those things, your customers will get a smoother, better five-star experience. Sentry allows you to build more and troubleshoot less. It helps you reduce context switching too because it works for web, backend, and mobile all with the same tools. Using features like distributed tracing, you can identify backend issues that might affect your app performance without consulting other tools or engineers. And Sentry supports Android, iOS, Flutter, and React Native. 
This is why 4 million developers and 90,000 organizations rely on Sentry to deliver a consistently good experience. That many people can't be wrong. So, here's the deal. Sentry is totally free to use, so there's no reason not to check it out. As an under-the-radar listener, you can get six months of the team plan for free. Just click the link in the show notes and use the code RADAR. That's six months of the team plan completely free at sentry.io slash four slash mobile, or click the link in the show notes, then use the code RADAR. Our thanks to Sentry for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, saying that what you were saying there just made me think of, I remember reading this thing about, I think it was like a, ga- a game developers conference. And one of the aspects of that conference was you had to sort of, there was an indie, an indie, indie game section, and then there was a non-indie game section. And it was like the definition of which of those <laughs> sort of sections at the convention were. And the definition is, are you a publicly listed company or are you owned by a publicly listed company? <laughs> and that was the definition. Like, are, if, if you're not owned by a publicly listed company, you are a uh, you're an indie co- you're, an, you're an indie game developer. You could have ten thousand developers. You could have huge amounts of VC funding. Doesn't matter. Are, are, you know, is, are you listed somewhere on the stock market? If you are, then you are uh, you're you're not an indie game. Otherwise, you are. And in some ways, I've, I found that so liberating in a way where it's like, sure, like that's a perfectly valid definition. And it's like if that's useful for that purpose in that context, like great. Um, you know, it's like for me, it's like oh well, I have a long way to go before I would cross that line. You know, before <laughs> you know my my business is listed on the Nasdaq. Like I'm a I, I don't I don't expect to ever do that, but it's like I'm a very far distance um, from from being there. If I would still be able to, you know, set up my app in the indie, you know, the indie app uh, side of side of the side of the conference, if that's the definition. Um, and so, you know, it's one of these things. Like definitions are so they can be so powerful and they can be so useful if they're kind of actually if they're if they're serving you. Like if if you know, for me, I think there have been times in my career where being an indie has been helpful because it, it sort of scoped and changed some of the opportunities that I chose to pursue um, because I didn't want to be, you know, I'm, I'm not gearing myself up to be purchased by a publicly traded company. Like that's not my end goal. If that was, I would have chosen some different paths and done some things in a different way. But like, in, you know, even from that definition of being an indie as being, you know, sort of staying not, not on uh, the stock market, uh, like there've been choices that I made and that's been useful, but it's also like, you know, it's only as far as it's actually helping me because I, like I said, I was finding these, I had had a definition that was too restrictive. That was too focused on the wrong things. And that was, I think trying to, you know, it's like, it's, and it's funny because it makes you feel good to be able to do these things yourself. Like it's wonderful to feel competence in a variety of areas. Like that is absolutely something that I think is, is, is wonderful. Like that's one of the things about like being, being alive, like being able to do, learn new skills and to get good at them, like developing competence from nothing is super cool. Like in, in any aspect of my life, whenever I've had the opportunity to learn a new skill and then feel like I had mastery or at least competence at it, like that is a great feeling. And I think what's tricky is like if you're chasing that feeling, you are you know, potentially doing harm to other aspects of your business. Because if all I'm doing is trying to get good at 10 different things, I'm potentially starting to not get as good or not be as sort of focused in my attention on the parts of my business where I already am an expert, where I've developed, you know, spent the last 20 something years as being a you know professional software developer. Like I have world-class expertise at a very specific kind of thing. And that's as cool as it is for me to learn to make whatever marketing screenshots and feel like I've developed competence and, and ability in that. Like that's cool. 
but that's not really, that's not the business. Like I, it's going to take me another 20 years to get to kind of like, you know, tr- true expertise at that. And in the meantime, all the other aspects of my business are going to be, uh, you know, falling behind. And it's like, so that's that tension. And like, and that's, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things where it's just important to be, you know, sort of introspective about ourselves. So like, there's a reason why I valued those skills in me because I did enjoy the process of learning them. But just because I'm not, you know, I'm giving up some parts of what, of what being, you know, the various roles, the 64 roles of my business, like giving some of those over to someone else and not focusing my attention on those. It doesn't mean that I won't learn. It doesn't mean that I won't grow. It doesn't mean that I won't um, have the opportunity to develop expertise because I love that feeling. It just means there may be some areas where the process of which I develop that expertise um, is in a different means. And in some ways, it's going to come faster. Like there's definitely these funny things that I've run into even so far since I've started working with someone is the sense of like, you. It, it's amazing how quickly you can learn from someone else who knows what they're doing in a particular area. Because they aren't making every mistake. Like my, my typical way of learning is to make lots of mistakes, but hopefully only make them once or twice. And so you're like, r- like running off in the wrong d- direction. You bump into something, you turn around and you, you know, I'm, I'm like a Roomba bouncing around trying to clean, clean a house, <laughs> but I'm just like bashing my head into all the different walls. Whereas it's lovely when you work with someone who, you know, has, has, I guess, bounced their head into the, into the, the walls that you're about to head, run into already. And they can say, you know, when you, before you get to the wall, they'd be like, actually, Maybe let's just turn around here and let's let's not bash our head into that in that particular wall, and you can just benefit from their experience. It's like this is not a particularly novel concept, but it was something that I was recently reminded of. It's like, oh, I can still learn, I can still grow, I can still become a better version of of, of you know what, what who I want to be, but I can do that in a much less painful painful process by relying on the expertise of other people rather than um, feeling like I have to develop all of this skill like from first principles myself, which is neither thoughtful or you know, constructive. And when I say it that way, sounds completely absurd. Like, really? That, that's what you were trying to do? But like, when I look (laughs) back at my life for the last, you know, whatever, 10 years, that was kind of what I was trying to do. I was trying to like develop all the skills for everything from first principles myself, which is like, yeah, maybe don't do that. Like that, that's not a, that's not a wise move. Like learn from other people, find, find areas where you can benefit from other people's experience. And in doing so, you're not, I'm not, you know, I'm not less, any less of a developer or less of a businessman in the process by like relying on other people's benefit, like skill, like that, that's just like wise. Yeah. And I, I, I can see why we get to the point where, why we fall into this trap so often, because as indies, when we start, Usually, we can't afford to hire other people to do things that we don't want to do or don't know how to do. We have to do everything ourselves. You know, most indie businesses start off like when you're like at home at night or on the weekends from your full time job and you have a budget of zero dollars for the thing you're making and you're going to try to make it work yourself somehow. And so you you get into the mode of learning everything and doing everything yourself because that's how you start. But then it can be very difficult to recognize once you've moved past the point where, you know what, now, once the business is succeeding and you're making money, you have to at some point start outsourcing the things that are not your core competencies because it's just a terrible use of your time, as you were saying. You know, you look at like, do you think Mark Zuckerberg had to learn how to use App Store Connect to upload the Facebook app? Like, do you think Mark Zuckerberg personally makes those screenshots for the Facebook app? Of course not. It's probably a bad use of his time. Like, do you think Tim Cook mows his own lawn? Probably not, unless he really likes mowing lawns for some reason. But even then, it's probably not a great use of his time and energy. It's it's important to recognize when you, as a business owner, are kind of wasting time by trying to do something yourself, and and are are actually costing the business real, you know, downsides or real, you know, real opportunity costs by you not working on the thing that you're really good at. 
and instead focusing too much on you know some some aspect that could be fairly easily outsourced and you can afford to do it um so there's all sorts of complexities to like how you decide what those things are but some things are easier than others to decide like for instance I used to do my own taxes a long time ago. And then once I started, you know, having an indie business on the side of my, you know, payroll job, I immediately stopped doing them myself. Cause I'm like, you know, this, I don't want to screw anything up and it's getting more complicated now. So I'm going to hire an accountant to do my taxes for me. And that was the best thing I ever did. You know, I also don't mow my own lawn anymore because that was also sure. not something I enjoyed. <laughs> you know, like there are certain things that, that are easier than others, but then when you get into an indie software business, it can be tricky. Like, what things do you outsource? Like, do you outsource again those marketing needs? Well, that's marketing is a pretty core thing to an indie business. So, a lot of people, myself included, I think, would have difficulty outsourcing that. That would be something like mm, I don't know. Like, I think I think I'd feel less comfortable about that at first. It's something I should probably do, <laughs> just for the same reasons you are. But it's something that like I can see why we have such trouble moving onto that. But Part of growing up as a person and part of growing up as a business is to be able to recognize those opportunities of like, here's something that I used to tackle myself. And now not only do I not need to tackle it myself anymore, but I also shouldn't tackle it myself anymore. Yeah. And I think there was something too that I can say from my own experience. I mean, it's relatively new into this myself, but over the last few weeks when this has been something that has been part of my life that I can say is that you will be surprised as to how beneficial it can be to the essential part of your work to focus on the essential part of your work. And like what I found is it's this thing of there is something just peaceful in my mind now, knowing that there are certain aspects of what I do that I've been carrying around in like with me that I don't have to do now. And that allows me more freedom and creativity and excitement about the truly essential parts of what I do that I I enjoy, I love, and I'm an expert at like coding and doing those kinds of like the, the thought of tackling a big programming job, for example, like a big task that I have big feature or something that I want to work on. It's easier to think about that when I don't have to carry around these other aspects to me. Like there's, there's like this minds, like this, this space in my mind that has been opened by taking these things out of there and giving them to someone else. Um, and that aspect of it's like, that is just pure. It's like you said, like pure profit. Like that is just a wonderful benefit that I don't know if I necessarily appreciated how, how much there was a drag on me in the past by having these other little things and none of them were huge or massive. And honestly, I would often do less of them than I should have probably um, because they weren't preferred activities or things that I really wanted to do, but their weight like cognitively was still there. It was still something that I was carrying around that it's like, Oh, I'm going to have to go and check into the help desk. I'm going to go, I need to go deal with whatever the, you know, writing this marketing description when I'm doing a big update, like, what am I going to put in the what's new? What am I going to put into the, the, like those, those tasks were things that almost like, I didn't want to finish the feature because I knew at the end of the feature, I'm going to have to do these things that I don't like doing. It's like, well, that's not great. Hmm. Like, am I, am I like in this, in this mode of I'm like, you know, like I, I I don't want to finish because as soon as I finish, I know I have to make screenshots. Like, like, no, this is, this is a terrible place to be. This is not like, I should be excited to finish because that means I can start the next thing. And so like that is just the purely positive part that I was sort of maybe sort of wrapping up around thinking of is it's like, it's easy to get stuck on the, um, I guess the sort of the more philosophical or the kind of like, Oh, the negative feelings around it potentially, or the lack of control or these kinds of things. But I can say from experience, it also is a tremendous benefit to release yourself from those things. And it's like, you have this extra speed, this extra freedom to pursue things that I don't need to feel like I have, I just feel more 
free to to, to dive into the, the the actual like the coding and the new features and the re- sort of like the development part of the, what I do, because there are other parts that I now don't have to carry around with me. Like, and it's, I don't know if it's actually apocryphal or true, but I was this vague recollection um, of this thing about racing. I think it was racing yachts or something. Whereas this 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 concept of how they have to be so careful about the smoothness of the keel of the bottom of the ship, because any little bit of drag that you is on the bottom of a keel of a ship um, can be so problematic in aggregate over time. And you won't necessarily know it until you've, you know, it's like if you sail for a thousand miles and there's actually been like a barnacle stuck to the bottom of your ship, it's been slowing you down by a small amount for a long time. It could make a huge difference um, in, in aggregate. And I feel like in some ways that's kind of where they have this feeling of like, I'm knocking off these little barnacles that aren't massive things. It's not like there's this massive gaping hole in the bottom of the keel. It's like, no, it's just this little barnacle. But because it's been there for 17 years, it's been dragging me down for all of that time. And it's like knocking it off. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's nice. I'm going fa- you know, faster and better in the direction um, and doing the thing that I really am like enjoy, enjoy doing and that I'm excited about and the part of this business that I enjoy and that will, I continue, hopefully will continue to enjoy and am now able to enjoy more than I did before. So... I can encourage anyone to be thoughtful about you, these things and like make sure that you understand the essential aspect of what is important to you. Be very specific about that and then you know, accept help whenever you can because accepting help is how we get better. Wow. <laughs> That's, this is good stuff, man. I just got to be honest. Go. This is really good stuff. Now I'm thinking about all the barnacles on the bottom of my ship and I'm like, oh boy. There's, oh boy. I got a lot to do. <laughs> just knock them off one at a time. That's all we can do. <laughs> Well, congratulations on knocking off probably a bunch of them all at once with this. And uh, it's great to hear the story, and I really appreciate the perspective, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.